0: Tune in to the Bellingham Podcast for the week of December 8th, 2019. This is episode 140. Ho, ho, ho from the city by the Salish Sea. I am A.J. Barsay.
1: And straight out of ninety two two six south of the North Pole, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, in the words of the 90s one-hit wonder band for non-blondes, what's going on? In the words of those guys from those Budweiser commercials around the turn of the millennium, what up? And in the words from the 1987 blockbuster movie, North Shore, yes, there is actually a movie called North Shore, what's the haps? AJ and I will be answering all these questions and more next on the Bellingham podcast.
0: Well, that was a classic. What's up, Chris?
1: (laughs) 140 unique (laughs) intro hooks. You heard it right here. Continuing the trend, yes, I'm doing uh, just dandy, wonderful Thanksgiving uh, with hmm. the family. How about yourself, AJ?
0: Good, small little Thanksgiving, and uh, enjoying the the peace and huga. Yes. Uh, yeah. But uh, this episode, we are actually we're, we are recouping because our recording schedule, I think the a technical term was, has been jacked for several weeks. So. Uh, and
1: I'm not talking about the Nicholson type either.
0: Ah uh, no no here's Johnny. But no, um, the series of episodes that, you, that everyone's been listening to for the last probably three or four weeks, Chris and I have either had in the can or we've, we've, our, our, our regular routine of, Hey, what are we talking about on a Tuesday? And we record on Friday hasn't been around for a month. So this is actually our episode where, uh, you get to hear Chris and I catch up.
1: We are catching up cause it's been so long. AJ Barsay, what the heck are you drinking?
0: Uh, I'm just drinking tea. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, cool. Sounds good. (laughs) I just, it's just licorice. uh, I don't even know who the brand of this is. Licorice tea. Fair enough. Yeah. Sounds good. What are you drinking? Water with Mio.
1: Mm. That little squeezy thing. Squeezy thing. thing. Yeah. I I decided December 1st, uh, five weeks, December 1st through January 4th, I believe on the calendar, no caffeine. Oh, you're doing that? I've found that. When If I wake up during the middle of the night, mm. I can't get back to sleep, and that okay. makes me cranky in the morning.
0: As I have seen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: have you noticed this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if I am trying the experiment, what happens if I do not have any caffeine drug in my system? Hmm. And son of a gun. I sleep through the night,
0: and you're a little bit chipper, chipper
1: the next well, day. You well, know, as we're recording this, it, it, you know, we're all, You catch me on an upwards uh, peak. Uh, yes, exactly. So, uh, Thanksgiving with your family, yeah. even though that you said in a previous episode, you're kind of down on the whole well, Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay,
0: thing. okay. Yes, we did have uh, Thanksgiving um, because my household has a ton of allergies. Yes, you know, I gave thanks to the fact that I had the day off. Um, we got uh, uh, we did a roasted rabbit just because to accommodate the plethora of um, did, allergies um, in the house.
1: Did Elmer Fudd hook you up
0: I with t- the rabbit? I t- <laughs> a, 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 a putty tat. Nah. Um, no. Uh, so, yeah, we just did a simple little roast rabbit and stuff. And um, just That's me, great. my wife, and my son. And uh, what was odd is, I think it was, no, it was the day after Thanksgiving, we had a little bit of a snow flurry at the house. So, oh. I, so I got a little bit excited, and then it just turned to rain as sure. per usual. But, yes. um, no, I mean, there was nothing, no no highlights, you know, I had uh, my wife made some cranberry sauce and potatoes, and then we watched cartoons. We were good. Oh, that's
1: my kind of Thanksgiving. You uh, had uh, some of the family over. My wife and I tag teamed on uh, preparations for the meal since we hosted um, a little uh, about nine of us, and uh, my wife's just awesome with the turkey brine uh, the the night before. Turkey brine. Brian, have you ever had a turkey no. brine? Uh you take a take your uh, big old 5 gallon jug or whatever uh, from your Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever. The orange bucket. The orange bucket. Fill it with ice. Okay. Not halfway full. Uh, put it with, uh, and you boil some herbs, salt, pepper, spices, okay. uh, rosemary, thyme, you name it. Uh, find Simon out what, Garfunkel. Yeah. Find out what grandma used to have for the brine. But anyway, you you heat that to a little bit of boiling, let it cool down to room temperature, mm. dump that in, put your turkey uh, wings up. <laughs> So like if you tell your turkey hands up, you put it in that direction, uh, and then you fill it with the rest of water, and then let that sit overnight in the garage, which is usually in the upper thirties. That makes the turkey ever so moist and juicy. Interesting. Yeah, because it's it's a big old sodium bath. Oh God! With all this salt and
0: super tenderizing. Uh Uh-huh. Gotcha.
1: And uh, my wife has got that on lockdown, and just just had a great time. Uh, A lot of. Uh, a number of us went to go see the Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks movie at the Barclay Monstrosity.
0: Oh, that's at the Monstrosity? It is at the Monstrosity.
1: Okay. And uh, I stayed back with our uh, little niece, uh, Tot, uh, watching Toy Story 3, which was her pick. Cool. Uh, and, because I don't think she would be able to handle it. From the words of my wife, if you haven't seen the Tom Hanks movie, Mr. Rogers, I don't know what the title is because I just, I'm sorry. It's... Uh, evaded me. Uh, there was not a dry eye in the house. Whoa! It's one of those kind of movies, well, and leave Tom it, Hanks is that kind of actor. Leave it to Tom Hanks. So yes, uh, but then the day after, uh, there was a little bit of snow flurry yeah. in, in in your. What, the, what 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 goes on the day after Thanksgiving? For yeah, oh yeah, that friggin' day.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so uh, on a previous episode, I said that I I'm I'm not one. To do the Black Friday th- thing uh, or the Cyber Monday thing, I'm more of the opt outside thing. And so, um, uh, on Black Friday, typically that's when I I do kind of partake in the 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 one consumerist thing, which is REI's campaign of opt-out Hello, REI. What's up, REI? And uh, we we usually go on to some uh, mountain location, and that's what, actually the day I usually do my my. Uh, Christmas photos for my family very good but no so that's what I ended up doing and then uh, we came off the mountain went back home and drank a lot of cocoa what did you do for Black Friday Uh,
1: spent time with family had some quiet solitude but uh, even though that we have railed against the uh, oh my gosh take my money and my debit and credit card uh, mindset I have uh, I've, I've I've outgrown my one and only backpack, my uh, my doomsday device, if you will. <laughs> oh, that
0: that JanSport that you've had since high school?
1: <laughs> Not quite. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just I just found that uh, the GOREC GR1 for mm-hmm. UEDC folks out there uh, is an amazing buy it for life backpack. Totally. But I found that I would be car- it, it can't carry all that I would want to carry because it's a twenty six liter uh, capacity and. Uh, the upscale one, GR2, which has another layer underneath, is a 40 liter, which uh, you know is, is worth it. plus. It may be a little bit more alongside of a frame of a guy like me. Uh, as you opposed, are a tall drink of water. Uh, yes, and uh, with, with Mio. Uh <laughs> and you find you do your research, you see what the typical retail price is of a of a thing. You go on eBay to see what these used things are water, selling for. Actually, yeah. You go online and you happen to see, oh, I can save a metric crap ton of money on this particular day. Guess what? I researched it for a year. I know the prices. I had an opportunity and I took it. You got a problem with it? That's all right. (laughs) Uh, So I actually spent some of my cashola on Black Friday online, uh, but it was to purchase something that I would only be using. And now the gr one's up for sale. That's cool. And uh, But basically not really uh, invading the retail sector of Bellingham. We all know where that is. Uh, and just had a really nice day. It was a nice four-day weekend to be able to uh, recharge batteries, get a little mental margin. And we are blessed to be uh, able to take that four-day weekend off. Hmm. For those of you that were working during the four-day weekend, uh, good on you. Um, you know, Hope that went well for you.
0: Yeah. So, getting back to your your backpack though, yeah. like you're you're just like you're a one watch guy. You're also a one bag guy, pretty much. So this also forty liter bag. I mean, you use it for your EDC for every day, for like you know working out, coming to the office. and stuff. I bring stuff.
1: my gym clothes in a packing cube, ah. and I bring my lunch sack with uh, snacks and other things like that in in there, and uh, some other. Uh, devices that I bring with me, or whatever I would bring. And I just, I like the feel of it. I'm breaking it in mm. and uh, it just seems to be doing all right. Plus, I found out that with its dimensions, with the exception of a couple international airlines, mm. it meets every airline's TSA overhead compartment carry on standards. That's what I
0: was just going to ask. Good to go.
1: So I'm really happy about that because I would really love to be able to travel just with that backpack. And nothing else. Uh, yeah, forty liters. You could do that. Absolutely. That's so, cool. Uh, AJ Barce, uh, this one's for the watch fam out there. Up, what watch the fam? heck is what the heck is on your wrist
0: there, amigo? So about a month ago, uh, my 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 lovely wife. Um, it's been a stressful year. Yes. So so my wife uh, wanted to do something nice for me, and there is a a company called Fairer as in, like, way fairer, sea fairer, the fairer part. Uh, they're based out of the United Kingdom, and they make watches. And there is a watch on my wrist with their their logo, and it goes by the name of the Rocher. It, it's their newly announced world timer. So it's powered by a, a Swiss uh, ETA one, top top-grade movement. What's cool about this watch, Chris, is— Does, Is it
1: the sesame seed bun?
0: Oh, it is. <laughs> this, I mean— Easily, like, if, if you're not into the, uh, the watch fam, you can, you can skip this part. But if you're into the watch fam, I'll give you all the deets about this watch. So the thing about world timers, it's funny. When you talk to anybody who is into watches, there's a great controversy of whether it's a caller's GMT or a flyer's GMT, where it snaps on the hour or all this other jazz. For me, I like something that I can use as a tool regardless of how the movement works, okay? I I have a passive world timer. I've got a vintage Seiko navigator timer. Like, they're different tools for different jobs. The one thing that I've always wanted is I wanted an an adventure-centric world timer watch. Most world timers are mostly for folks in business class, if you know what I'm saying. They're not very rugged. Hmm. Um, Elegantly designed, beautiful dials, does not fit my lifestyle, I need something that is in between, uh, something I can wear underneath a shirt cuff, but also on a side of a mountain. Sure. That's how I travel. So nothing really has uh, really hit on those notes until Ferrer did a tease about a month ago with a red rotor and all it said was world timer. I showed it to my wife and I was just like, if this is what I think it is, this would probably be my one true world timer. It, it got announced. My wife caught uh, eye of it. There's three different models. And the one that um, I really locked on was, was the same one that she locked on, which is the Rocher. And what's cool about this watch is every time fair makes a watch, there's always an adventure aspect to all of their watches. So Roche was actually named after Anthony de la Roche, an English merchant and explorer. In, in 1675, Roche was on a commercial voyage between... Europe and South America when he was blown off course and made uh, the first fortuitous sighting of land south of the Antarctic uh, Convergence. However, Captain James Cook made the first landing on this new island in 1775, claiming sovereignty for the United Kingdom and giving it the name the Isle of Georgia in honor of King George III. So they dive into a really, really deep history whenever they, they issue a name of a watch and also Roche. I was married in, at Roche Harbor here uh, yes. uh, in the Pacific it could be North pronounced Roche Harbor exactly. There you exactly. go. Exactly. So there was a lot of things. Thirty nine millimeters in the diameter. It's got eleven millimeter depth. It's a super thin watch if you ask me for Hello. for that type of caliber. Forty five millimeters lug to lug. So it's super wearable for a lot of wrists, and it's got a, a twenty millimeter lug for straps. And the cool thing about this is also, although it does not have a screw-down crown, it has 100-meter water resistance, so I can get it wet and not have to fret. It's got a secondary crown at ten o'clock where you can control kind of an internal bezel that has all twenty four cities for time zones Ooh. so not only is it a world timer where the disk on the center has all twenty four hours around the the globe and it jumps as the the hours progress, but you can also resync it just by grabbing the second crown and just you know changing the city zones. It just sings everything that I've, I've ever really wanted, so mm-hmm. thank you, honey. Absolutely. And um, the reason why I haven't mentioned is, one, obviously our recording schedule has been jacked, but two, uh, I really wanted to get a month on the wrist.
1: Uh, pop quiz question for you, AJ. Sure. Uh, out of all those cities on the uh, band, which one would you love to go visit?
0: Um, honestly, probably St. Georgia, the, the, where the, the history of this watch comes from. Okay. Um, I had to look it up. All right. <laughs> uh, So if you hadn't guessed, everyone, I was reading that uh, straight off of Ferrer's website. um, And we got a link to that in the show notes. For the love of Loverboy Dennis and beautiful Bobby. Drink. That's right. So, um, yeah, no, uh, St. Georgia or, I mean, any of these, man. I I mean, I've been to Tokyo. um, I've been to Paris. I've been to London. Um, Puerto Rico would be cool. You've Um,
1: been around the world and I I, I can't
0: find my world timer. Wow. (laughs) That was for my wife. (laughs) So anyway, that, that, that's for the watch fam. I got links in the show notes to, to, to this model and stuff. Absolutely. What about you, Chris? You've been kind of hitting on me for the last couple of months about like, should you get another watch? What's your sitch yet? Um,
1: I, I still have the same SKX 007 modded by my podcast partner in crime. Uh, same straps. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Zulu alpha and toxic NATOs and EA eight. Uh, that's, you know, great to have it in the family.
0: The, the, the strap, holy, uh, trifecta
1: uh it's more like a quintfecta oh, okay. i've got i got five straps, oh, okay, okay. so anyway uh but love you all and uh nope i'm i'm good to go i uh made some plans to uh continue 2020 a new decade with this same thing if it gets busted if it gets stolen if it gets mushed under a uh, vehicle tire or whatever what are you doing chris if that's the case i don't know but should that happen then i'll just get another one and only watch because i've i've it's one less thing I have to worry about. What time is it? Boom! <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, a it's December the first. Oh, I got to advance the date past thirty one into one. Okay, no problem.
0: So you, basically, you're you're sticking to uh, love one watch but own many straps. Is sure, sounds good. That'll that'll work. One backpack, one watch,
1: one woman, many straps, many bases, <laughs> many, uh, yeah, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, just like any other podcast, though, you you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM.
1: That one radio station uh, in Bellingham. Uh, they're community-powered, and they're also streaming everywhere on the Internet at kmre.org. Check them out. They're the goods. They are the goods. So we are not a news podcast show but if we were we'd probably do it better but there was an uh, interesting article in the news that occurred recently uh Aj is uh, got his little uh, smile, his impish grin on his face, firmly planted uh, right now, and the eyebrows currently raised, very similar to the Rock. Um, the Governor Jay Inslee of Washington State has named the first Native American to the Washington State Supreme Court. Aj, you've uh, got a connection with
0: this? Yes. Yeah, so the, uh, this would be the the Honorable Raquel Montoya Lewis, and uh, she's. Been... What's up, Your Honor? What's up, Your Honor? Am I, awesome. I going to get in up? trouble for saying that? I don't think you'll be held in contempt. Hello, Your Honor. <laughs> anyway, uh, Raquel has been sitting uh, in our court here in Whatcom County. Um, she's also a, a client of mine. And if you watched any of the local news uh, on the east side or the west side, there's a, a lovely headshot portrait of her um, taken by yours truly. Photo courtesy of AJ <laughs> blah, 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 blah Barsay. <laughs> yeah, and, and the uh, the office of the governor. So anyway, um, it, it, I congratulations, Raquel.
1: And, absolutely. Uh, and, and do good work. That's yes. all I got to say. Um, but also, congratulations, AJ, for the fine uh, photo that made everywhere that has this news story, including the SeattleTimes.com. Yeah. Way to hit it big there, kiddo. That was cool. Yes, uh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's do good work. Yeah. Take great shots. Every moment has a story. And go. this story is going to be going to the Washington State Supreme Court.
0: Aw, snap. That's right.
1: (laughs) Very cool. All right. So uh, we've been doing some cultural recommendations, uh, trying to get in touch with our uh, analog side or something that doesn't involve
0: too much technology. Yeah, AJ, hit it. So I've got a podcast recommendation, this go around, which I know is kind of like, I kind it's, of set
1: it up for technology but.
0: but well, the thing is that it's an interview. Yes. Like it's a recorded interview is what I'm I'm hitting on 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 this one and specifically the people who are interviewed it's their analog's side that kind of really tuned me in. So I don't know probably quite some episodes back I mentioned about um uh, uh what's his name Peter Faye Gray, yes. um uh outside magazine. Oh yeah. Also does the Outside podcast and uh, I don't know. He's he's been off the air for a little bit, and they've been doing other other snippets of other things, probably because their their recording schedule is probably jacked as well. Of course, it is the holiday season. So uh, outside podcast for November twenty seventh, they have an episode. All in partnership is is the name of the entire episode. And uh, Jimmy Chin, if you don't recognize that name, you've probably seen his work. He would be the cinematographer and documentary dude extraordinaire did Free Solo, the story okay. of Alex Honhold and uh-huh. the Free Solo uh, uh, climb of El Cap. Um, before that, it was a documentary, Meru, uh, where Jimmy himself was actually climbing to the shark's fin of the mountain Meru. Wow. And so anyway, Jimmy's an interesting interesting cat because one, he's a mountaineer, he's a climber, and he's also an extraordinary photographer, videographer, etc. And the dude, like... Jimmy, if you ever listen to our show, you have an open invite. The Indeed. dude seems like the goods; like he's of just this chill, chill dude. Uh, anyway, him and his wife Elizabeth Chive is a Holly, or Chai to her friends. Sing along if you know the words. It's something that I usually chime, uh, kind of tune into. So, for instance, like a couple episodes back, I mentioned about uh, Jason Heaton and his wife, kind of being a tag team duo. Here's another husband and wife tag team duo that does a lot of content creation and adventuring, and exploring. Listening to them go (laughs) tell about, like, how they fell in love and all this other jazz. And and also, they're both documentary uh, creators in their own right. You know, the two of them play off of each other as creatives, but also as a husband and wife. Like, they're able to take on parts of the, the story that, like, for instance, Jimmy might be too invested in as a climber. So, for instance, he has to interview, like, Alex Arnold. Well, him and Alex go way back, right? It'd be like me trying to interview you for something for a documentary. Good luck. Well, the the tone and how the content would come sure. out. Sure. No, uh, you know, uh, you and I have nyuk nyuk. Yes so bring in a heavy hitter like his wife who can ask those questions and elicit those responses for the sake of the documentary it gets that that gets down to the tone of what the piece needs not necessarily what they need it sounds like it goes beyond
1: just simply creating content and yeah. it has another layer of oh here's a relationship that's going on yeah yeah Very so cool.
0: it, it was really cool listening to them and i didn't know much of elizabeth's story which was uh, kind of cool to, to hear that you just want another dynamic uh, exploring uh, husband and Wife Duo, take a look at um, Outside Podcast for November 27th. And like I said, it's, it was a really cool episode. Excellent. Um, yeah. What about you, Chris?
1: You know, um, I saw the show notes and where you were going with our cultural recommendations. And I'm like, what I have I been culturally... Uh, doing. And other than going by the American tradition of hacking up turkeys, I I really have discovered a podcast. It's been around for a while. So my eyes have been open, but it has really captured my attention. There's this really big genre of true crime podcasts. out. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. And one of them is called Swindled. And I happened to discover it in some you know areas, but basically the Swindle podcast, there's a number of episodes going over the past couple of years. Pick any one of them. They're fascinating. These are stories of people conning people naturally, sometimes lots of people, whether you're a wealthy heiress who actually isn't, a pizza delivery guy with a bomb around his neck. What? Yeah. Greedy business people bilking millions from unaware investors, insurance fraud by faking your death, and gigolos who charm boatloads of money from lonely rich widows, horse killers... The guy, that dude from Girls Gone Wild from the '90s, and the McDonald's spilled coffee in your lap uh, mm. lawsuit, yeah, and that fire festival that some oh, of the kids fire. might be aware of, yeah yeah, 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 that friggin' festival. This guy, who he says at the end of his show is the this show is researched and narrated by a concerned citizen, hmm. does not give his identity. I find that fascinating. Uh, it's a it's a little bit less than an hour per episode. Two. Sometimes he goes into two uh, stories of swindling, hmm. and it goes into wonderful detail in a very dramatic kind of uh, narration with this unbelievably creepy background music. Like lore, like Aaron Mankey lore. It could very well be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I. For those of you in Bellingham, if you happen to go down Sunset Drive in the evenings or pretty much any time when it's dark nowadays, you might see a large hooded a uh, person walking their dog along Sunset Drive. That's me. Uh, hi there. Uh, and I make the mistake every now and then of listening to the Swindled podcast <laughs> at night, walking my dog by myself. You're a very fierce dog. Right. But the, the creepiness or the just the mood of the yeah. music. I'm looking over my shoulder behind me more than once. Yeah. It's a wonderful podcast. Cool. And yeah, just pick one, swindledpodcast.com, check it out, da-da-da. That's my cultural recommendation too. It it tells us a little bit about American history that has been in the headlines but is not as much. You know, the the Love Canal uh, chemical uh, water uh, lawsuit Mm -hmm. for Niagara Falls area back in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. Here's a little bit of history lesson. Uh, just got done with the fire festival. Now, when you know, the kids were all about the fire festival, I'm not a kid, I'm an old, and I don't really pay attention to a lot of that kind of stuff. But I got the inside well researched story on everything. And that dude who put on that festival that didn't happen boy, howdy! Yeah, that guy, that's, that guy. Uh, anyway, that's that's my cultural recommendation. That's cool. So AJ, as we uh, wrap up the show, I got a pop quiz for you. And we were, I'm going off script on this because this has been on my mind for the past week or so.
0: Well, probably because you're listening to like, you know, swindling and, and catch me if you can type of shows. Yes. But, okay.
1: Yes. So... I want, I want to ask your opinion on something. Now, in the, around the mid-'90s, was the, the, the Internet came into uh, regular use by the society. We are in an era right now where we have access to information immediately. We have access to be able to have connection with people immediately mm-hmm. in high definition, retina, screen, video, et cetera, et cetera. There was a time when we didn't have this capability where we didn't have access to a whole lot of information. Mm-hmm. And our only source for news was either the daily paper sure. or, the, or the nightly newscast. Sure. My question to you, AJ, is are, do you think society or we are happier having all of this information at our fingertips? Or were things happier back then when we didn't know as much?
0: I don't think there's been any change in happiness. I just think that there's more, like you just said, we have instant connectivity. So there's instant amount of people uh being able to discuss what they are reading, seeing, hearing, and then regurgitating it, right? So I think I think it is the, the like the happiness quotient between, let's say, the nineties and today, I think is pretty much the same barring economics and economy and all that other jazz. Like I'm not, I'm just saying like same for same news for news. Um, I just think that there is a higher level of people able to connect with other people, either of uh, siloing, right? Like either people stay in their own bubble, mm-hmm. information bubble, and they just kind of regurgitate or those that kind of want controversy and they kind of seek people out on social networks, for instance. Um, I don't know if I would, like I said, I, I can't say that it's happier or less happier um maybe mike viking over there in, in uh, scandinavia might disagree with me of the happiness institute perhaps but um i just think that there is an ample amount of avenues for people to connect and discuss what they're hearing consuming seeing um and thus maybe perceptions of happiness or being less happy um are kind of being registered Sure. That's my two cents. What about why? Why? Why do you ask? Chris? Uh, well,
1: I'm, I was just thinking about you know were people happier in the 80s or in the 70s? Now, Wrestling was better. No, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're right. Totally. Jim Cornette can back me up on that. Wrestling was better in the 80s. Um, I what I'm finding is that to have the connection with people, mm-hmm. we I remember the days when we had to make long distance phone calls and only hear the people's voice. And to be able to not be completely aware of their life and what's on their timeline Mm. or on their uh, on their wall, sure, sure. uh, To be able to call and have and envision the person talking, and to learn and to be be given firsthand sharing information about what their life has been like, whether or not they're putting on a brave face or whether or not you know. But it's it's kind of like. Work, our mind was creating the images in our head as opposed to so many photos mm-hmm. and so much immediate stream of consciousness life uh, documentation. For us saying. to find the news, it was – those news uh, weren't uh, those newspapers and newscasts were not necessarily as slanted sure. in one direction. It was a lot of five Ws, who, mm-hmm. what, when, where, why. Sure. And how. Yeah, and how. Uh, yeah. And – I think that information kind of gave us just what, and we would be able to create the story or, you know, think about it in our own minds instead of being bombarded with so much everywhere we go. Sure. Um, I just see a lot of people that, you know, I was just curious with all of this Do did, did we eat from the tree of knowledge ah. with the internet and all, and all this technology, or is it better to be a little bit less unaware? Hmm. Would we be happier? This is a question. This is a, ladies and gentlemen this was totally not scripted it was just been on my mind but guess what it's our show and uh, wanted to have that discussion and seeing as how this is
0: our show AJ we should stick a fork in this episode well that wraps it up for this bite of Eden on the Bellingham podcast thank you again so much for listening to us rating us reviewing us wherever you like to get your podcasts remember if you're in the Bellingham area you might tune in to us on Camry 102.3 FM they're community powered and
1: now that we got this shtick down they are streaming worldwide at kmre.org for y'all man I can remember when we didn't have that shtick, but I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on episode 140 of the Bellingham podcast.
0: Oh, the weather outside is frightful. And I'm tone deaf and I don't see. So yeah, exactly. You <laughs> could,
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas. You no know, one and all. All right. So I got to mail my Christmas cards to the family.